This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Like an old movie removed from frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me on the walls of your heart? I'm waiting. For the real thing to start Hello, welcome to a new episode of The Real Thing. I'm your host, Will Lawrence. Thank you so much for joining again. This podcast is an extension of Bergen Film Club's program, where we talk about the films included in said program, and talk about why they're amazing and why we chose them, blah, 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 you know the story by now. Today, we again have a very wonderful film, and a, a very wonderful film, actually. So I'm very excited to talk about this. I watched yesterday. Um, but to talk about that, we have Anna Fretzvik from BFK. Welcome back to the podcast, Anna. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. It's great to have you back on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. Your last uh, your last episode was one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, well, we're sitting outside. In the yeah, it Great. was very nice. Now I'm just sitting in rainy, dark Svalbard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in Oslo. Yeah, many miles away, but yeah. still together somehow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we're talking about girlfriends which I just want to like gush about. So it's a good thing that we have a podcast to do have a platform to do that on. But to begin with, let's start with some recommendations. Do you have anything that you want to suggest? Yes. Um, I've been incredibly bad at seeing new stuff in the last sort of three months, which has a very natural explanation, which is that I moved cities about four weeks ago. So um, I think I'm trying to, that's very new, trying to exclude every other new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been watching a lot of old films. And yeah. I watched very recently Barry Lyndon by Stanley Kubrick for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, so I would like to recommend that to the one person who hasn't seen it yet. You should see it now, this okay. week. I guess. Yep. Uh, really, really good. Sublime. It's like three hours. I okay. guess you could call it like a costume drama. I wasn't born bored like for one second. It's amazing. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any any particular TV or film related um things to suggest. I am quite excited. I don't, this is not necessarily a recommendation. I am still in Svalbard, just for continuity's sake. Um, and I met a Peruvian person. And he told me, he gave me like a list of films to watch from Peru. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them. There was one animated one that's made that was made in Soviet Russia about the kind of myth of the indigenous Peruvian people. It's okay. like a 
15 minute animation. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, uh, being a very busy boy, but I will recommend a podcast that I've been listening to and loving. It's called Finally, a podcast. And it's hosted by Grace Kuhlenschmidt and Joe Castle Baker, who are two com- uh, American comedians who I came across on Instagram. I feel like people have probably seen their videos once or twice, but I think that they are both incredibly funny. It's very up my alley. And their podcast is just them. They pick a topic and they just talk about it, but the the topics are very varied. Yeah, the one I just listened to was about curse words. But they've also had episodes about acne, cable TV, uh, water, I think was one episode. Right. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. And I, I like, they're both, it's like a, exactly my type of humor. So I'm getting a lot of joy listening to it. So yeah, finally, a podcast is... That's my little recommendation. And I will try and watch some. But I feel like I was thinking, I was like, what can I recommend? But I would just recommend Girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to talk about it. So, hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. So, shall we just dive into the film then? Let's do it. Yeah. So today we're talking about the Claudia Weil directed film, Girlfriends, which was made in 1978. It is a American comedy drama film that is produced and directed by Claudia Weil and written by Vicky Paulon. The film stars Melanie Mayron as Susan Weinblatt, a Jewish photographer who experiences loneliness once her roommate Anne, Anita Skinner, moves out of their apartment in New York City once she gets married. It was the first American independent film to be funded with grants, which was pretty interesting, but private investors helped complete the film because they ran out of money a couple of times. So on that note, they started filming November 1975, and it took almost three years to complete it because the initial budget of $80,000 ran out quite quickly. But then following that, it got uh, picked up by Warner Bros and got a full distribution. Um, Yeah, so that's just... I just want to like smooth over the plot. I didn't want to go into it too much because I feel like the almost the plot is like quite little in a way. So I don't want to give away too much. Even though this is coming up post screening, I'll uh, mm. I'll keep it on the download. But you chose this film for the program, so tell me why. Where did you first watch it? Why do you love it? Um. I honestly don't know how I found out about it. Um, I think maybe I found it on the sight and sound like mm. list. Um, and the reason I chose it is one, it's a comedy, which we usually don't have. We don't have that many comedies on the program usually, so it's good with sure. something lighter. Uh, and it's female directed. Mm-hmm also sometimes struggle with it, yep. having a balanced uh, program in that regard 
Um, and it's also just really charming and very underrated. So yeah, also. Really happy that it's on the program and that people will get to see it. It's also, on a more personal note, in one of my favorite uh, sort of genres, which is uh, films that center around female friendship. Um, especially growing up, I consumed a lot of, for example, Sex and the City and Girls when I was a little bit older. Um, so it's a genre that has been really important to me. So because of that, I'm also very uh, surprised that I hadn't heard about it before. Because mm. I think that Lena Dunham, for example, made Girls TV series for HBO. Um, she is really inspired by Girlfriends, like the film itself. And it's the yeah. same with um, Frances Ha, which sort of is very similar to Girls in many ways. It's about women in their 20s um, being directionless in a way, trying to maneuver their professional lives in a big city. Um, so Girlfriends has actually been called the prototype Francis Ha. So. Yeah. And Noah Baumbach is very expressly inspired by this film. So I'm, uh, I'm happy that we're screening it. I'm sad that I didn't watch it sooner. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people should see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, all I can say is uh, like that I'm glad that you put it on the program because I watched it yesterday and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I just, I thought it was really, really amazing. And I took some notes while I was watching it, but then I, forgot to keep doing it because I was so kind of swept up in the movie. But I, yeah, one of the things I kind of wrote down is that the dialogue is like wicked. It's so, mm. it's like, uh, I don't know. I didn't know how to describe it. And I was wondering if you could not explain my own feelings to me, but like help uh, <laughs> understand it a bit more. I kept finding myself in moments in the film being like, Oh my god, I love this! Hmm. Wow, this is. <laughs> but then, kind of be like, okay, like pause. I don't know what about it is so amazing. It just kind of is, and it's very like it's like muted, and it's just almost like a real life day playing out in front of you. Yeah, it's less of life exactly. But I was just like, I. I don't know if it's just many elements altogether that are making it amazing or if it's just the thing itself, but yeah, I just kept being like, oh, wow, like, yeah. so good. Yeah. I don't know. I think that it is a perfect sort of mix of um, the script is really, like, especially the dialogue, as you said, it's very smart, witty and pretty quick, mm. but it's also very... Um, sometimes it feels like the scenes are improvised. Yeah. You know, she actually just started the camera and then she lets the actors just play it out. Mm -hmm. Then they say something uh, profound or witty and then they think, oh yeah, that must have been written somewhere. But it's, yeah. it feels really natural, I guess. Um, and I also think that the, 
actress who plays or the actor who plays um, Susan Melanie Mayro. Uh, she is just so incredibly charismatic. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. With every other person she's uh, on the screen with. Oh yeah, she. Yeah, her face is. Um, she has a great face. Yeah. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Some there's just something about I guess because the film is all about her I guess now that I guess I think about it I just think that her performance must be so captivating and good that that's like I'm just drawn in in the entire movie. Though one of my yeah. favorite lines I wrote down was uh, so once uh, her roommate moves out after she's completely betrayed by her friend, mm-hmm. uh, so she's been like a lot. Of, part of the beginning of the, of the film is once she's sold these three photographs she believes that she's like made it and her years of grafting are over and she's going to be like a world famous photographer after selling only three photos and then months go by and she bumps into her friend and she tells her friend about it and her friend says oh that's great um what are you doing now and then Susan mm. says uh, oh I've got a I've got some things cooking. Actually, I have nothing cooking at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was such a that's such a great line. Yeah. Oh, and so, and I guess this is another like I guess would really appeal to the Bergen Film Club uh, clientele. Hmm. Is that a lot of us uh, do have nothing cooking? It's true. Yeah. It's really recognizable that. When you meet someone you haven't met in a while and you want to sort of impress them, I guess, or you don't want to let on how <laughs> meaningless it all is or how little success have in more. It goes, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I have a lot of jobs. And, yeah. Uh, I found that that's almost kind of uh, touching, a little bit refreshing that she's just like, you know what? Absolutely nothing is happening. Do you have a job? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. yeah. You can be my assistant. So yeah. she can, that's sort of the thing that helped her out. Yeah. Vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I wanted to ask you, because obviously, you know, I, I'm a human being, I exist, whatever. Uh, but I feel like there's only so much that I know that I can connect to these films not being a woman. Mm. So, and you kind of touched on it said when you like growing up but like what how do you what's the importance to you to see films and tv like this that's just showing kind of like non non man drama female friendships hmm. um so if i can just go a little bit back as well in my formative years in my teens Yes, um, of course. I think growing up, especially I was born in the mid nineties. So I grew up in the nineties and in, in the early two thousands. Um, I feel like I mostly consume media, especially if you think about Disney films, for example, like princess films. The narrative is always um, that the princess sort of meets the prince and then. The natural end of the narrative is that they are happily ever after or whatever. It's like a yeah. mental part. And um, so I feel like when I watched 
for example, Sex and the City as a young teenager. Um, it was really, like, I, I remember thinking I haven't seen, like, a TV series like this about women who are mainly friends. Like, it's, yeah. the TV series is about friendship, the friend group. Um, because that was obviously in my lived experience, like friendship groups and especially friendships with other girls and other women is a really huge part of life. And it's at that part of my, of my life, um, a lot more constant than, for example, romantic relationships. And that's yeah. how it has been, um, when I think about it now forever, like we're still a group of friends who has been friends for 15 years. And partners had come and gone, mm-hmm. but still sort of that group. Um, and I can say the same thing, like another thing about especially Sex and the City and girls. They are sort of often talked about in the same breath, or at least the girls I remember were sort of talked about as a millennial Sex and the City. Um, is that it's about women who are not very likable or they don't hmm. have, um, or not necessarily very likable, or they are more interested in careers than they are in having children, for example. Yeah. Um, which also was very sort of formative, like, oh yeah, you can actually be not very nice or yeah, do stupid things in a way. Um, and that I don't think I'd, consumed a lot of media that portrayed women in that way when I was that age. And that's also the thing about watching Girlfriends now for me, that is really a nuanced uh, portrait of these women in a way, because it doesn't really demonize neither Susan nor uh, Anne for the choices Mm -hmm. that they make. Because that's what it's about in a way, for me at least, the fact that they sort of make different choices and chooses to get married. And then at that time, that meant that, um, or there were certain, you were expected to live a certain kind of life if you got married. So she lives to the suburbs in a huge house. She gets a child. Um, While Susan lives alone in an apartment in New York City, Um, she's lonely, but she has her freedom in a way. Which is struggling economically, etc. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, or that it's it's just about the choice. Like they're just trying trying to navigate society's expectations of them as women. Yeah. When the film doesn't like it just lets them be in a way, and both of them, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, definitely. Like, I think that's an important part to say that it doesn't like demonize like no one has chosen to do a wrong thing Mm. right and their feelings are just kind of reactions to not necessarily what the other person has done but just kind of like what it reflects in themselves for me like for uh susan her friend getting married is sort of like her worst nightmare in the sense of it's probably something that she really wants at the same time Hmm. but like it's scary to see someone make such a big decision at a time when you feel like you would be 
completely incapable of making that decision. So that's kind of like a fear that she's brought up and then kind of projects onto her friend. And in the same way as the film kind of goes on, and I think Anne is shown to be kind of like, maybe not so happy with her life, then that's then reflected back onto Annie, onto Susan. Uh, that she's like, now she has all this freedom and she's like kind of being bitchy about it. Mm-hmm. And that's annoying because she kind of, like, they like, it's if they want to, they want to switch places, but it's also like they couldn't imagine anything worse than switching places. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And they're both kind of jealous, jealous of each other. Yeah. It seems nice to find the person that you want to marry. And they, she said, Anne suddenly has more money. She can travel, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has, in a way, traded in her freedom. Yeah. And sort of herself as an artist or as a an independent person. Yeah. While mm, Anne also seems to be jealous of Susan's freedom. Yeah. And independence. But... Um, it also is obviously a very, yeah, a lonely, like she's living alone and struggling to yeah. have success, etc. And they're both alone, just in like very different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great. It's like nice, oh, this might be weird to say, but it's like nice to see a reflection of a friendship having like a dip. Mm. as well because I feel like that's a maybe friendships aren't really discussed in the same way that a relationship would be discussed but like ultimately they are the same thing it says one is romantic one is platonic yeah and it's very easy to feel completely and utterly betrayed by a friend when they get a partner because at least I felt like this before when I was younger you're kind of like, who are you? I've known this person for nine years, like, and now they spend all the time with you. That doesn't seem fair. And mm. so it's kind of like seeing those beats play out. I was like, oh, I've been in the situation before. But yeah. it's nice to see that separation and then ultimately kind of a reunion when they both have time to sort of realize realize themselves as the person they like might want to be in that exact time but they're definitely like moments like that can feel like forever Mm -hmm. and the most important dramatic thing but ultimately in like a few months you probably won't think about it anymore but i think that's what i kind of liked about the film is that it's sort of almost episodic in the way that each scene is it's like every scene is a couple months later or a few weeks later Mm -hmm. So you kind of do get to see this like real change in people and see that turnover in real time, which is cool. It's like an evolving friendship. Mm. And when she's talking about, um, uh, when she talks to her partner, uh, when Susan talks to her partner, that she just got out of a very big relationship. I think that's a, yeah, like a friendship should be discussed like that because they're just as weighty and important as a romantic relationship. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's like I find I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I also find the ending very touching. Yeah. Say because they sort of recon reconcile. Mm -hmm. Are they? They're back where they started for a moment. Um, and it's like they uh, they are each other's person in a way, even though both yeah. of them romantic partners. They're sort of still very special relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like you said, like you, everyone, I think, hopefully has that mm -hmm. person. And like, just even though like my absolute best friend, I would think like that's the most defining relationship for me in my life. Mm -hmm no matter how many romantic relationships I've had. So it's like nice to see that kind of in film. I don't know that I can like necessarily think of so many times that I see that story told. No, I agree. And I also, especially I rewatched Girlfriends before talking about it now. And I was uh, thinking about my best friend, Jelle, who, uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it feels very similar because we lived together for many years and um, we've talked about very recently um, that like I think that she's my actual soulmate even yep. though she's married and I'm I have been with my partner for many many years yeah. but it's like she is uh, I couldn't imagine living my life without having her in it yeah it's a uh, true uh, yeah it's very special, and that is when media is so concerned about romantic love in a way. Mm -hmm. like yeah. It's very good to see a friendship being uh, valued in the same way in the film. Yeah, definitely. And I guess especially a female friendship. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Woo! <laughs> think uh you know i i don't think that it's my place to even try and talk about it because i think that it's not a understandable thing if you don't experience that it's like very different in my in my view as a man mm. it's like the best kind of friendship that there could be <laughs> yeah i'd say so but i also couldn't uh, comment on whether you had the same kind of relationship with you or Pistando. Yeah, no, but I think like she absolutely is my soulmate as well. Yeah. And, yeah. We've had a lot of up, ups and downs and a lot of times of just being out of contact with each other for no reason. But it's like ultimately you always come back to that person. Hmm. She's called Jess, seeing as you show it up. <laughs> <in there. laughs> Good. Yeah. Hmm. Ah, okay. I thought I would talk a little bit about the production. I think it has it's pretty interesting for me. Um, but actually, just to stop myself in my tracks, we can talk a little bit about the director first. Hmm. I think. So this is Claudia Weil or Weil, whatever. Uh, hmm. She's an American filmmaker, and and I guess that she's probably best known for this film. 
Um, so her career began, she was doing a lot of TV directing uh, after she moved to Los Angeles. Um, yeah, and she directed a couple episodes of like The Twilight Zone, which is pretty cool. Where like makes quite a diverse uh, resume, I guess. And even that she had, uh, which you probably know, that she directed a few episodes of Girls. Yeah. As well. I'm going to go back and rewatch them now. Yeah. Okay. I know that she has directed them. It's going I wonder, to be. Yeah. They must be very special, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the start of her career, I think she, yes, she studied at Harvard. And. She made this film, which was a 30-minute film that was funded by the American Film Institute, which I think was like one of the first times that that had happened. So she made it as like a, a short, I guess, or like a long short film. Um, but then she realized that she actually wanted to explore what would happen like after the fact. So these 30 minute, this 30-minute film became the first 30 minutes of the film. Uh, uh, that's a lie. Nope. It was the <laughs> the first that the, that thirty minute short film became the first seven minutes of the mm. film. Yes, uh, which is punctuated by I wrote this down. I thought it was just great uh, when they have a discussion at the beginning of the film, the two female characters uh, about what color they want to paint the apartment, mm. and then that kind of whole segment is closed off by. Susan painting the apartment the color that she wanted to paint it and I thought that was like just so you immediately knew just in that kind of I think there's like some speech over that scene but you immediately know that she is alone I think in that scene yeah. and all it, all it is is her painting the wall red but you immediately understand like she's on her own path now and she's no longer a part of this couple hmm. which i just thought was very good filmmaking <laughs> it's also right after we see a montage of all the wedding photos from Anne's mm -hmm. wedding. yes so she's sort of painting over them as well yeah yeah so good yeah um yes so that became the first seven minutes of the film and so the original funding for the feature film came from the National Endowment for the Arts and New York State Council on the Arts. So it was a total of $80,000 that she was granted. Uh, and then at the beginning, the principal photography was effectively six and a half weeks, but those days were stretched out over a span of a year because the production kept running out of money, basically. When the money ran out from the grant that she got, she had to seek private investors to help uh, complete the film but once it was finished like I said Warner Brothers picked it up and released it and debuted it at Cannes which is pretty exciting and also that she was then contracted to uh, make two more films with Warner Brothers which is exactly what she did uh, yeah I think it was that it's my turn which I think she won some directing award for as well hmm. um i saw a um video we we're talking about the film just before we started talking now yeah. um in which she was talking about uh, the main character 
Susan. I don't know if you've seen her or this clip where she talks about it. Because um, she made a choice about sort of centering and not the sort of most beautiful, um, maybe typical main character as the protagonist, but the sidekick as the protagonist. Because yeah, and I sort of understand what she means by that in the sense that often when you see a film about a woman, she's very beautiful, at least from Hollywood. And then she maybe has a best friend who is uh, not as beautiful, probably funnier. Um, yeah. But she's a sidekick. She's not like the main character, not the one who gets married then, sort of, etc. But she yeah. very lonely wanted to make a film about the, like the friend. Because mm. she um, feels like that's more like her. So, yeah. yeah. Just interesting. Because I guess you can see a lot of similarities between Susan in a way and the director yeah. in that sense. Also. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And I, I kind of appreciate that just on on that exact thing is I feel like maybe in the past or in even like recent media if that's the case if that like that the kind of not traditionally beautiful person is the main character that's kind of like the the shtick of the movie mm. like Ella Enchanted for example yeah her whole thing is that she has big frizzy hair and that makes her ugly. Uh, or like Ugly Betty, for example. Mm. Um, but I liked in this film that it was just kind of like not really... It was never like, oh, she has big curly hair and she... Etc, etc. It was just kind of like, she's just a person as much as anyone else is a person and that's just the end, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Which is... Funny also because on the extremely legal websites that I learned from you that I watched this film on, uh, the description of this was um, like fat, ugly Jewish Susan uh, <laughs> navigates her way through New York. And I was like, okay. Well, beautiful. <laughs> um, it's married. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's how they described the film, but uh, I don't necessarily think that I would. I loved it when she got her hair cut. I thought that was such a... I loved that the scene, because she has this kind of, like, big frizzy like hair, and she, yeah, and she gets it cut into kind of a very almost closer perm. And uh, the cut of that really made me laugh. I thought that was really... <laughs> like, it's just like, maybe this will work, and it cuts to this kind of, like, ugly 80s haircut. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I love that. That was, like I said, she just has such a great, I like that's really good. Like, oh, something that I guess we can talk about Greta Gerwig a little bit. I think something she's also quite good at is these ways of writing drama with heart and comedy at the same time. Uh, because I think that it, it should never be one or the other. I think. Listen to me, I think comedy has a place in in every genre for me. Because mm. for like a horror film, for example, 
it's not like people stop being people just because there's a demon. True. Yeah. So I'm not obviously that's not the case in this film, but like that doesn't need to be high drama all the time and it'd be unserious because there's comedy. That's just people make jokes and are sarcastic all the time. And I think it it's particularly great when you see that in media because it that's what makes it feel all the more real for me. Mm. Like Fleabag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also feels uh, like in, it feels like it is in the same tradition of films as her own girlfriends, Greta Gerwig, up yeah. to you all region. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, now that you mentioned the description from this very legal website. Very legal. Uh, we haven't touched on the fact that uh, Susan is Jewish. Yes. It's also like it's permeate. It's something that it's there throughout the film, but it's also very subtle. Yeah. Very. Uh, it's called. Cool. It's an important part of her identity, but it's sort of not the most important uh, part. Of the film. Yeah. And she also, like she is the most defining character part of her character. Yeah. 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 Definitely. But then it also made me think of um. When I first first uh, watched it and read some articles about it, uh, I saw that it was uh, often compared to Woody Allen, which is um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because and but I think it's a it's a very superficial uh, comparison, but it also makes sense in a way because it's about like a neurotic. Jewish artists in the big city in the seventies, but that's yep. about it. I'd say, like, I think that Girlfriends is better than many of the Alice films. Maybe a controversial opinion, but uh... <laughs> yeah, I cannot testify because I have not seen any of his films. But I would be happy okay. to say that it's better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's um, just. While we're talking about that, I think it's very interesting that she, through the while, and this film is more well-known, considering mm -hmm. how well-known Woody Allen is. And, yeah. Um, like this, yeah. It would be something that a lot of Woody Allen has also would love, I think. Can yeah, I definitely. More? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, from what I understand, having seen none of his films, it's also kind of the slice of life struggling yeah artist kind of in all of his films i think hmm. and yeah. like all the fast dialogue uh yeah. really yeah this one um, somewhat similar <laughs> yes um kind of in the same vein or at least it drove me to want to talk about it <laughs> hmm. uh i thought we could talk about the kind of reception of the film and then and then I have some points on the legacy quote unquote but I think that we can talk about that a bit better by talking about the films and such that came from this uh this film let's do it yeah so as we know generally very positive uh in variety it was written 
that this is a warm, emotional, at times wise picture about friendship, a film deserving of a wide audience. It's documentary filmmaker Claudia Wilde's first picture, although there's no reason to apologetically pigeonhole this movie as a promising first feature. It's the work of a technically skilled and assured director, which is uh, very true. Absolutely. And I have a bunch of other quotes that people can go find online because way of uh, tying it all together from the beginning of the episode, I have a quote from Stanley Kubrick about this film. So, in 1980, he was being, Stanley Kubrick was being interviewed by Vincent Molina Fox, who asked, are you interested in the new paths or trends within the current Hollywood production being tried by people like Francis Ford Coppola, Paul Schrader, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, or De Palma? And Stanley Kubrick replied, I think one of the most interesting Hollywood films, well, not Hollywood, American films, that I've seen in a long time is Claudia Wilde's Girlfriends. That film, I thought, was one of the very rare American films that I would compare with serious, intelligent, sensitive writing and filmmaking that you could find in the best directors in Europe. It was not a success and I don't know why it should have been. Certainly, I thought it was a wonderful film. It seemed to make no compromise to the inner truth of the story, you know, the theme and everything else. The great problem is that films cost so much now in America, it's almost impossible to make a good film, which means you have to spend a certain amount of time on it and have good technicians and good actors that aren't very, very expensive. This film that Claudia Wilde did, I think she did it on an amateur basis. She did it shot for shot for about a year, two or three days a week. Of course, she had a great advantage because she had all the time she needed to think about it to see what she had done. I thought she made the film extremely well. Yeah. Very high praise. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And very true. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Barry Lyndon director Stanley Kubrick approves. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's nice. And I think that's because uh, uh, I feel like we're having kind of like a back cycle-ish to independent film, particularly amongst the SAG after writing strike. Hmm. at the moment is that that kind of independent film is kind of having a resurgence or it's been having a resurgence and I feel like now particularly it's being thrown into the limelight that when he's when the interviewer asks him about those directors uh, for me that's kind of like the beginning of when film American film got incredibly saturated and it was just like film after film after film and nothing particularly good mm. was coming out i guess and it's seemingly always these like independent small budget things that kind of manage to sneak their way through that are the real representation of life and often very much better than these big blockbuster films but speaking of kind of i guess it's kind of a strange way to talk about her now but I think one person, as we discussed, is who was very inspired, and also her partner, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Mm-hmm. It's his birthday today, on day of recording, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what the point? Yeah, happy birthday, Noah. Yeah. Um, they are both very inspired by this film, as you mentioned. Definitely. Uh, but obviously, 
Miss uh, Greta Gerwig is incredibly successful now, which is amazing. Mm. And she's a far flung away from her roots, I think, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how, because uh, I was hoping maybe you can talk a bit about this now, because I have not seen Frances Ha, which was her first film, I think. Or like first notable one. I've seen her, I've only seen her act in Promising Young Woman. Nope. 20, 20th Century Women. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a notable act, then, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. No, no, it isn't. It was good, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's also kind of the same it's like a similar vibe yeah okay okay yeah yeah but how does uh you know how do you how do you see that influence in their work maybe not necessarily barbie but maybe barbie yeah okay so uh, (laughs) um this is going to be controversial the thing is i haven't seen barbie okay yes yes i'm going to do when i feel like i'm moved in we'll see Yes, great. <laughs> um, but I certainly can talk about it in uh, regards to Francesa. I read somewhere uh, that girlfriends can sort of be seen as a prototype to Francesa. Yeah. It feels very inspired by it. Um, and I haven't seen Francesa in many years. I saw a couple of, like, the first 25 minutes just before we sat down now. Um, and it feels very similar because that is also about friendship between two women in their 20s. And they live together and they're very, they're sort of each other's person. More, their friendship is more important than the romantic friend relationships they have, for example. Okay. But then one of the friends uh, moves out and therefore abandoning the other friend and then she has to find her own way I guess which is yeah. the same that happens in girlfriends yeah Susan also um, has to maneuver the loneliness of freedom in a way like you're yeah. not dependent so you have to make your own way I think what's similar, especially between like the Susan character and the character that Greta Gerwig is playing in Francis Song, is that they both, they're both the friend who's left behind and they both are then when they're abandoned, like with quotes, um, yeah. <laughs> they have to suddenly make because the friend has a really clear plan, it seems like. Like, Anne is getting married. I think the friend in France saw there's some like work related uh, career. Okay. She has a serious career than Francis' character. Uh, so then they have to, like, both Susan and Francis have to make um, their own story, their own narrative. And that is what is yeah. sort of scary. And they haven't done that. They haven't been actually independent in a way. Yeah. And like you have to find out yeah. who you are outside of a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And also yeah, maybe so, yeah. the growing the less, the less sort of uh, 
traditional way as well. Mm -hmm. So Susan, for example, she doesn't want to get married. So she has to sort of carve out a career in a difficult, like being an artist, etc. It's not that easy to know how that looks in the seventies, I guess. As oh. being, for example, yeah, yeah. Hmm. They sound very similar. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's actually a couple of people I know whose favorite film is yeah. Francis Ha. Yeah. It's cool. So, I, yeah, yeah. Those fun five minutes made me want to rewatch it. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that after. Yeah, great. Yeah. I think there's also, like, I think, uh, I don't know, closing idea. Hmm. It's with films like this, I I think there are times to watch them and times not to watch them. For example, I watched Lady Bird like when it came out as a Greta Gerwig directed film. And I was like, this sucks. What? And Lady Bird is so annoying. And I like disagreed with everything that she did. And I thought the way that she reacted to everything, I was like, Oh my god, why she did like nothing made sense to me. And I actually rewatched it quite recently and I was like it's like without being too annoying. It's probably because that's that's me, that's how I recognize that very much in myself and I was kind of like that's probably why I thought it was so annoying because I was like I am also annoying in the same way. Mm, yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, but like those, I'm probably going to say the same thing anyway. Like, it has an impact, I think, on it, on anyone who watches it. And it's films like these that I think can, the characters are so real that they're so universal that anyone can identify with them. But at the time, I was just like not ready to realize that I was like Lady Bird because I didn't want to be like Lady Bird. Oh, yeah, because I have the opposite uh, experience of watching that film. I felt very seen. You know, it yeah. being like the mood there, teenager, not having any direction, feeling yep. um, sort of, I guess, imprisoned in your own upbringing and trying to have a good relationship with your parents and it just isn't working out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think, but I also think that's, um, it also feels like it is sort of borrowing some things from girlfriends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the character, like Lady Bird. She's also trying to find direction in the same way as Susan made it. Yeah, what, but instead of like society being yeah. what's controlling her, it's her mom. Hmm. Yeah. And like being from a small town. And... Yeah. Mm. But I think like, then I can totally see why Greta Gerwig and Bob Card repeating these storylines is because it's just something that could just be picked up forever. And there are so many different aspects and positions and perspectives to look at it from. Such as uh, Worst Person in the World, for example. Hmm. That's a very similar vibe for sure. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, like I think I think I watched that 
at the perfect point in my in my life i think sister gone through a big breakup watched it with my ex after we broke up okay. and yeah and i was just like totally destroyed but in a way it was like it's kind of just to refer to what i said earlier um the moments can feel like forever but ultimately it's not and things yeah. change and you change and just because you don't see the end where you are right now doesn't mean that there's not going to be one yeah yeah that's very nice yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh, but i think uh that we could talk about this for a long time yes <laughs> i'm so but it's truly a great film and really yeah this is coming out the day after it screens i believe um so everyone will be full of whimsy and hopefully not maybe a little existential dread yeah just a healthy just a healthy amount that can drive you to succeed yeah (laughs) so great choice and thank you for having it on the program yeah i'm looking forward to people seeing it thank you for having me podcast talking about it yeah of course it's i great i've i've put both of your films on the podcast list this semester so i hope that you will come back for your uh, second film i'm taking it as a compliment no i'm very excited to see i was very excited to see girlfriends i love the idea of it and i think the cremator oh it's so good oh my god i have a a little uh, recommendation on there Oh um, yeah. Okay. People need to see the commander. Yeah. Well, they can if they choose to go to Fervent Pump Code. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yes, in that vein, if you are living a broken, willing and able, please consider becoming a volunteer. If not, just come to the screenings because we would love to have you. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's been lovely having you again. Yeah, it's been lovely, be- lovely being here. Another cozy episode again. Yeah, and you can round out your trifecta with a less cozy one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, okay. Thank you again. And goodbye. Bye. This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISEJohnOfficial. Our logo is by Pia Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joel Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilfgaibern and Mamina Nazmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFKTheRealThing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.